thank God for that crimson flow, that, that blood-stained cross is what cleansed you and me. Uh, thank God for the blood. Uh, take your Bibles, if you would. Turn with me to uh, the book of Psalms. Uh, we want to look at chapter 15, the book of Psalms, chapter 15. It's good to be in the Lord's house. Good to see each one of you that's come out to be with us this morning. A beautiful morning outside. We thank God for it. Um, how many of you have heard that song about if the pews could shout? Has anybody heard that song? It's 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 a good song, powerful song. Maybe or maybe Brent could learn to sing that sometime uh, for us. But uh, it talks about the old time religion. You know, some may not like the old time religion, and that's that's your choice. You have. Uh, that right to not like it or to like it but I like the old time religion I like the old time way I thank God for the old paths and I don't uh, I don't regret a mile I've traveled with my Lord and uh, everything he's done in my life I thank God for my raising I thank God for growing up when I grew up and uh, being able to be a part of old time services and some old time preachers I got to sit under and hear the word of God being preached and I think back to some pastors that I've had over the years and uh, men that just uh, just preach God's word you know and uh, and I hope someday that when uh, you know people think back on their pastors that that somebody will think of me and, and thank God for a man that stood and preached the word and tried to preach it in the old time way, you know. It's it's one thing to get up here and talk about it, but it's another thing to preach God's Word. And We need to preach the Word of God. I tell you, I believe conviction is what is lacking uh, in our preaching and in our, in our service to God. And uh, we get back as God's people living under conviction. We'll walk right. We'll talk right. We'll live right before God. There's no conviction. We won't have nothing to follow, you know. And so uh, we pray that God will convict us, convict our church, convict our pastor, convict everybody in our church that we'll move up closer to Him. And, and when we're under conviction, when the church is under conviction, it'll get a burden and it'll get broken for the lost. And people sitting in the congregation of the righteous, they'll not be able to sit here. One preacher said they'll get right or they'll get left or they'll get run over. One of the two. Amen or three. Uh, we need that old time Holy Ghost conviction in our church and uh, we need it in our, in our Sunday school teaching like we had this morning. We, we need it in our singing like these children sang about. Uh, thank God for His grace. His amazing grace. And um, if you've never been saved by grace, you don't know what being saved is. You can get, you can get head religion, you know. Uh, you can get a religion where somebody will tell you just to stand up and tell everybody that you got saved. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. When you get it in the heart, you'll know what grace is. You get in in the heart, you'll know what being born again is. It won't, be, it won't just be a song. It won't just be something somebody's talking about. It'll be something you've experienced. Something you've lived. That way you can get in there with the singers and you can get in there with the preacher and you can hiss him on and you can thank God for what you're hearing because you've experienced it and you know what it's about. Amen. I tell you, that makes all the difference this morning and I thank God for that. I thank God I had an experience with the Lord one day. Thank God I didn't just, I didn't just hear about Him. But I heeded the call of God. And a lot of people, they need to heed the call of God. I said last week, God called out to Adam, where art thou? And for 6,000 years until you flip your Bible over to the last few verses of God's word the Bible said the spirit and the bride says come God's still calling and God's still searching and God's still wanting people to come 
And that to know who he is and to know him as their savior. Thank God I met him one day. And I hope you've met him. I hope you know him this morning. I tell you, it'd be sad. It'd be sad for the Lord to come back. And for somebody to be sitting in God's house and to get left behind. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, it's sad enough for the man or the woman sitting down here in the house, in the neighborhood here, to get left behind. But oh, how sad it would be for somebody sitting in God's house. For Jesus to come and for them to be left behind. The Bible says one will be taken, another one will be left. I tell you this morning, we need to be sure that we know that God lives in our hearts. Mm. Boy, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I met the Master one day. Thank God He come into my heart and saved my soul. And I thank God for that experience I had with Jesus. Amen. The Bible says here in Psalms chapter 15, if you'll stand to your feet with me, we'll read this. And you pray for me. God will just use us today. I tell you, I like His Spirit. I like His anointing. The Bible says in uh, Psalms chapter 15, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? A couple questions we need to answer this morning. We need to know. We need to know. David said, He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, God, that we feel this morning. We know that you didn't just stand here and wait for me to get here. God, you've been with me all week. Your presence is ever before us. Thank you, God, today for, for the congregation that's gathered this morning. And God, it's not by accident that each person is where they're at. But God, you've appointed us, Lord, to this hour. And I pray, God, that you'll just help us now. Lord, as we stand here between the living and the dead, God, help us to preach. And help us to preach, God, and be instant in season and out of season. And help us, Lord, obey You and honor You with Your Word. And God, if there is, is someone, if there would be someone here that's never been saved, Maybe they've never been born again as our Sunday school teacher taught this morning. Maybe they've never had that supernatural birth in their life. If that be so, God, may this be the good day. Lord, that they would come and ask Jesus into their heart and be saved by God's grace. Father, I pray that You would overflow our church today. God, may we feel Your presence. May it be so real and so just so warm and so incredible. God, it will leave today saying it's been so good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for these children that sung to us, Lord. Thank you for the choir that sang to us today. Thank you for those that played the instruments this morning. Thank you for our Sunday school teachers. And God, we do all of this because we want to bring honor and we want to bring glory to you today. And God, I ask you to please help me to stand and break from the precious Word of God today. For it's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. And amen. You can be seated. The great question. 
I guess that's what we would look at this morning. I had uh, entertained the thought of trying to preach the whole chapter this morning, but uh, you probably wouldn't want to hang around for all of that. But uh, as we as we look at this this morning, um, some things stand out to me as as we stand here this morning about the great question. There's a couple of great questions that David opens up uh, this chapter with, and uh, of course, uh, he's very clear, first of all, about who he's talking to, isn't he? He says, Lord, he's talking to his heavenly Father, and he's asking God a question, and I asked you a question this morning, just as David asked this question. He says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? And who shall dwell in thy holy hill? I want to talk to you about the qualifications for citizenship in the house of God. See, I don't believe you can just come to God's house and be right with God. You know, I was looking at this this morning. I was looking at it this week. I've had a lot of extra time to uh, kind of just sit a little bit and just talk, uh, talk to the Lord, study, and meditate and been listening to some preaching and uh, that's a good thing about when you don't have to go to work I took off a few days and and I really enjoyed it and and, uh, and I'll try not to preach an hour or so because I've had all this time uh, to, to study and, and to meditate all week but uh, I, I was thinking about this chapter and uh, you know the devil he 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 would have us to just kind of just skim over a lot of things because, you know, the, the devil knows the Bible better than you do and better than I do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in here that, that he, he doesn't want you to know about. Then he used the word ignorance this morning. And uh, that's a biblical word because the Bible tells us not to be ignorant. A lot of places it tells us that. And to be ignorant is because of a lack of information. Amen. Not, be, not knowing something. That, that's how we are ignorant about something. I wouldn't want anyone to ever leave this church ignorant to God's Word. Amen. Amen. We need to know what God's Word says. Um, one, one preacher said it's one thing to be ignorant, it's another thing to be stupid. Amen. Stupid would be to ignore God. That would be just total stupidity. My, my, uh, my granddaughter, Kylie, she went through a period there at one time where she picked up on that word stupid. And so I was told by her mother I didn't need to be saying that in front of her because she began to call everybody stupid, you know. And uh, so that's not a good word to use if you're calling people that, okay? But for someone that would just ignore God, that's very foolish. And it's not just ignorant, it's very stupid to ignore God and to turn God away. So I, I tried to break the habit. I caught myself several times, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, you know. And I'd stop and I'd, would try to break myself from saying that. But there's some qualifications. You, 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 don't just, you don't just come to God's house and meet the qualifications for citizenship in the house of God. You know, I, I believe in this modern day we live in, and that's, that's, that's one word I don't like. I don't like modernism. I don't like liberalism. I heard one preacher say there's nothing about liberals that he liked whatsoever. The only thing he liked about liberals is when people were liberal when they gave the offering. Amen? And that's about it. But other than that, we don't need nobody to be liberal. We got too much liberal and too much modernism in the house of God. Uh, I'm afraid in this modern day that we live in, we have made the qualifications to be a citizen of the house of God just too simple. 
and too easy. And some people get the notion that you just, because you're born in a family that attends church and you grow up in the church, that that makes you a citizen of the house of God. And some people have the mistaken idea that you can just come to church and you just migrate your way into citizenship, into the house of God. Or the preacher uh, opens the doors of the church and we come up and through a form we acknowledge that we would like to be a part of this church and so we tell people that we have been saved when we have really never had an experience with Jesus Christ and we tell people we've been filled with the Holy Ghost when we wouldn't know what the Holy Ghost was if it stepped inside the doorway, amen? And we come to God's house and we think that just because somebody says that we're a citizen of God's house, that makes us qualified for the house of God. But I'm going to tell you something, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's more than just being a a member of the church. It's more than just walking into a baptistry. It's more than just a preacher holding you by the hand and telling everybody that this person has come to know Christ. No, no, you need to know Him. You need to meet Him. I don't know anybody in God's Word that has ever met Him that didn't change them. Amen. And so there's qualifications. And so David said, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? What kind of people are in the tabernacle of God? What kind of people dwell in the holy hill? Now you must remember that David was not, uh, you know, a part of what we are a part of right this minute. David did not have a church to go to on Sunday morning. He didn't have a church to go to on Sunday night and on Wednesday night. But he did say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I tell you, I believe that when there's an opportunity to be in God's house, we ought to be glad to go to the house of God. I believe the first signs of a backslider is when we lose our desire to go to the house of God. When we no longer desire to be with God's people, when being around that crowd at the church doesn't do anything for us, I want to tell you there's something going wrong in the Christian's heart and in the Christian's life. Oh, it should be a joy. Every time the doors open, we ought to come to God's house, get out of the automobile with a smile on our face instead of dragging in here like somebody's beat us half to death. We ought to come in here excited about God's word and excited because we've been saved by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I tell you, if we're going to be qualified to be citizens, of the house of God. The Bible said there was a day in the holy hill when God spoke to Moses. And God set down that tabernacle there upon that holy hill. And the Bible said that there were qualifications to go into that holy of holies. Not everybody just ran in, amen. Not everybody just showed up and just started singing, amen. Not everybody just come together and, and just put on a show and, and look like they were right. Listen folks if you weren't right with God when you walked into this place listen you'd fall like a dead man. Thank God it ain't that way today. Thank God it ain't like that now. You know people don't like preaching like that. I was telling you a few minutes ago I was skimming over this and I thought, well, you know, I could jump this chapter and I could go on to something else where it says, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my rock. And I could preach that and boy, I tell you, everybody would be so happy. 
Everybody would be so thrilled. Oh, we could just we could just thank him for being our rock and thank him for being our refuge and we could just praise him for for just being such an awesome God and such a wonderful God. Boy, I tell you, sometimes we need to be preached to, folks. Sometimes we we need to we need to hear what God says. And I believe this is one of those times when we as God's people need to remember there's qualifications for citizenship in the house of God. The great question is, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? I wonder right now if God were to come down and God were to begin to walk through the congregation of the righteous, who would he choose? Whose whose head would he put his hand on? Who would be the one that God would say right here's my elect? Right here is the one that's dedicated. Right here is my child that loves me with all of their heart. I wonder who God would walk through these pews and he would touch them and say right here's one that's dedicated their life to living for me. Oh, they qualify. They qualify to be a citizen of the house of God. They qualify because they've lived this week in a way that's been pleasing unto me. They've walked in my spirit. They've kept themselves clean and undefiled from a wretched, vile world. They've come to the house of God with the right mind and with the right spirit. Amen. I tell you, folks, if God were to come down and begin to touch us and begin to point us out, I wonder where we would stand this morning. I wonder how many of us would even know if God did walk by. I wonder how many of us would even know if God stepped in the room. We've been in darkness so long. We have lived so cold for so long. We wouldn't know the brush of angels' wings if it flowed right by us. I tell you, we live in a backslid world. In a world that needs God. And in a church world that needs to get right with God. The Bible said that the priest, he would enter into the veil. And three things would happen there in that veil when he entered in upon the holy hill. And there upon the tabernacle. First of all, the first thing that you'll find in the veil was the presence of God. Amen. Amen. The presence of God. Is God present this morning? Is God present in your heart this morning? You say that God dwells with me. And God dwells in me. Well, I tell you, it's one thing to sing about it, but it's another thing to live it. Amen. The old song said He walks with me. He talks with me. And He tells me I'm His own. Oh, I want to tell you something, folks. Does he walk with you? Does he talk with you? Oh, did you get up with him this morning? Was God on your mind when you got out of bed this morning? Did you know that you were coming to the house of God to hear God's word? To see God do something great? Did you come expecting God to show up and move in a mighty way? I tell you what, I believe if you know, if you could, maybe maybe in this day and time, if we could have a little fog or smoke blowing up while I was preaching, and we could get us some of them strobe lights and them different colored lights flashing while I was up here preaching, maybe we might draw a crowd. I don't know. Seemed like that's what everybody likes today, you know. They like, they like, the, like something like a movie theater. They want Star Wars, you know, and they want all of these things that, that appeals to their flesh and, and stuff that's exciting. They don't want some old preacher standing up there and preaching God's Word. They don't want to hear some man up there preaching about God and about being saved and about living for Christ. They don't want to hear that kind of stuff. They want to be entertained. I want to tell you something, folks. God help us. We need to hear the Word of God. 
we need to be preached to. I tell you, one preacher said, there we are. We're standing there. We're preaching God's word. We're standing between the dead and the living. And we need to preach to them. Amen. I tell you, preach the old time religion and the old time way. And I know you can go down the road and find you another preacher. I know you can go down the road and find you another church. You can find you somewhere else where they don't shout down there, where they don't pray out loud down there. You can find you somewhere where the man of God don't shout at you and he don't preach the word of God. But I'm gonna tell you something. That's not gonna save your children. That ain't gonna save your grandkids. Amen. We need enough preaching to run the devil out of our churches. We got enough people that's, that's just going along with everything coming and going. We've compromised the word of God. And I believe we need to get back to the old time way. Amen. We need to get back and begin to preach God's word again. And call sin what it is. And still preach hell. Because there's a hell that's licking up our people. We need to get back to it. Thank God. Thank God. You'll not want me to take a vacation for a few days no more. But I want to tell you this morning, folks. God was in there. And he walked into that veil. The presence of God was there. Oh, when's the last time you walked into the veil of God? When's the last time you walked in and you felt God all around you? When you looked up and you saw God, you looked down and you saw God, you reached out and there was God. Everything you looked at was God. Moses, pull off your sandals for the place wherein you stand is holy ground. Oh God, when's the last time you trembled at his presence? When's the last time that a holy reverence come over your heart and come over your soul? That you were scared, scared to reach out and grab the man of God's hand because of the power of God that was on him. You was afraid it would bring conviction to you. Amen. I want to tell you that's the old time way. That's the old time preaching. That's the preaching that got a hold of me one day. Hallelujah. I can remember. Them old saints of God preach, praying and praising and glorifying God. Uh, they sung a song on the radio there yesterday. An old song, an old song a group used to sing over at Poplar Bluff. When I wake up to sleep no more. Oh, I could, I could hear them shouting. My mind went back in time. Oh God, I could see them as they would stand to their feet all over the house of God. And one would take off a walking, lifting them feet up, grabbing them pants. I could see the preacher as he'd slap that hand and preach the word of God. And people, I would just lick it up. And they loved it, amen. Oh, we don't want that today. Oh, that kind of preaching. That kind of preaching right there. Well, that ain't what I like. I like them preachers that just talk to us. I like them preachers that don't holler. I like them preachers that don't get excited. Well, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Jesus come down through Jerusalem. And he told them old boys, he said, you go around the street there, 
down the corner, take a left, right. You get down there. There's been old boy down there has got a little donkey. He said, you tell him the master needs him. Amen. Boy, in just a few minutes, boy, there's a crowd gathered up. Boy, palm leaves were waving. Somebody shouted out, the king is coming. Thank God. The king is coming. The king is coming. Hosanna. Hallelujah. The king is coming. Boy, everybody began to scramble and run around. They didn't know what to do. Who are they talking about? Who is that they're saying's coming down the road? And that old religious crowd, they jumped up. <clears throat> now you just need to calm down. You just need to settle down in here. There's just too much hollering. There's just too many getting excited around here. What are you just waving all these pine? limbs for and these palm trees what are you shouting about one little old boy said I don't I don't know what your problem is but he said all I know is I took two little old fish and five barley loaves and I gave them to the master and the master blessed them and broke them and he took my little old lunch and he fed 5,000 people with him. Amen. Another little old woman, she is standing over there just doing this, just shouting and praising God. And that old religious man said, Woman, why are you so happy? She said, Let me tell you something. For years I walked like this. For years I walked around. She said, I was crooked. I was bent. I couldn't straighten up. But she said, Jesus, he touched me. Thank God he straightened me up. Amen. I want to tell you, he can straighten you up today. Thank God. If you let him, he can straighten you up. Oh, I could go on and on. I could go on and on. Woman, why are you shouting? Why are you praising God like that? You act like you met this man. I had an issue of blood. Twelve years, I was bleeding to death. Couldn't nobody fix me. But one day, I touched the hem of his garment. And I was made whole. Oh, thank God. I want to tell you, one day I touched him. <laughs> Thank God one day he touched me <laughs> on an old-fashioned altar. <laughs> I cried out to the Lord, <laughs> and the Lord touched me, <laughs> saved my soul, <laughs> made me a citizen <laughs> of the house of God. <laughs> Are you a citizen of the house of God today? Do you know him? Have you met him? Have you walked into the holiest of holies? Have you seen his presence? Man, I could go on and on. Oh, why, why do you get so happy, preacher? Because I remember a little old lost boy. Oh, yeah. I remember it well. Sitting there swinging my legs on the church pew like this. That's all I was doing. Swing with dad. Dad grabbed my legs. They quit. I just swing my legs, and then after a while, I'd go like this. Dad said, "Wake up!" Oh, let me tell you something. That one morning. That one morning. Thank God that one morning. Spirit of God got to moving. Oh, it didn't hit me all at once. Oh, there's an old saint of God got off up the pew, come out there praising God, shouting, thanking God for changing their life, thanking God for opening their blinded eyes. Amen. Got in the altar and started praying. 
another old saint of God walked over to nothing, shook his hand, grabbed his neck, hugged him up real close. I love you, brother. People loving on each other. Boy, my old legs got still. I began to watch all this. I started taking it in. There's something going on around here. Even a little child, seven years old, even a little child, I began to sense the presence of God. I knew God was in the house. I was afraid to move. Dad didn't need to tell me to wake up. Dad didn't need to tell me to sit still. I knew God was there. Amen. I knew something bigger than me was there. Boy, I didn't want to move. But just in a little while, in just a few minutes, boy, something started speaking to me. My heart started thumping. My heart started thumping harder and harder. And the preacher said, if you don't know Jesus, it's be a good time to accept him in your heart. And by the grace of God, I walked out. And when I walked out, he walked in. Amen. And he saved this sinner and made me a fit subject for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank God. Thank God. Is the presence of God in your heart. Let me tell you something. Preaching like that is what you used to hear. That's what we growed up with. But we've gotten away from it. We've gotten away from it. And the devil knows that. And if God tarries is coming, the crowd's going to get thinner and thinner. Let me tell you something. They didn't like Jesus. And they won't like you. Let me tell you the people the world likes. The world likes the people that looks like them. That's why the world likes you. That's why people hang around you that's worldly. It's because you're worldly like they are. When you sanctify yourself, when you separate yourself, when you get serious about God, and God puts a holy desire in you to be separated from the world, I'm going to tell you something. The crowd will get thin. You're not going to have a big gathering. There ain't going to be a big following. They ain't going to like what you stand for, Linda. They ain't going to like what you preach, Ronnie. They ain't going to like you, Conasaga, because, because you don't have the flashing lights. You don't have the smoke and the fog. You don't have all of this stuff going on that draws people. But I'm going to tell you something we do have. We got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We got something I can feel. Thank God. It ain't entertainment, Charlie. Francis, it ain't something that you just gather up on a computer. Thank God this comes from heaven. It comes down from above. And that's what we need in the house of God. That's what we got to have. Oh, it's one of these days God lets me live. God lets me hang around here long enough. I watched my little old granddaughter come out of Nana's house this morning. She looks so beautiful. She spent a night with Nana last night. I told her, I said, honey, you spend night, Papa, if you want to. She said, no, I'm going to go up Nana's tonight, Papa. I said, okay. She come out of the house this morning. We stopped and give her little earrings. And she looks so beautiful, Eddie. Just had on that orange dress, not just because it's orange, was it beautiful? But she was just beautiful. And you know what I thought of? I thought, Lord, one of these days, that little old child's going to call on you, and she's going to ask you to come into her heart. And I said, Lord, that's going to be the most wonderful thing that could ever happen in this world. And you know why she's going to do that one day? It's because somebody's taking her to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Somebody, James, is taking her down there. 
and she wanted to know where her Sunday school room was at, didn't she, Tangie? She told Nana, she said, we need to get there early, Nana, because I don't know where my Sunday school room is. And I want to get there in time so I'll know where to go, amen. Oh, God, help us today. God, I could preach all in my own. But God help us this morning. Kids sleeping in on Sunday morning. Or parents getting them out, taking them everywhere else but the house of God. You say, what's wrong with us? That's what's wrong with us. That's what we come to. Mom and dad need to get saved, amen. That's just one point. Maybe I can preach another one tonight. You like that kind of preaching? Amen. Let me tell you something. There's a time. There's a time you could go into any church around here. It wouldn't matter. It didn't matter if it was Methodist. It didn't matter where it was at. They'd preach to you, folks. They'd preach the Bible. They preach the word of God. Our forefathers that stood between the dead and the living and preached the word of God, they turn over in their grave at what's standing behind our pulpits today. We're not, we're not preaching in the power of the Holy Ghost no more. You say, preacher, you're being awfully critical. No, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. qualifications. Let me tell you something. You can tell when God gets in the house, can't you? You can tell it. Because the ones that ain't right, they'll get quiet. And the ones that like it, they'll get excited. Amen? They'll get excited. And it ain't all about shouting and running and all that. But you can just see it in their face. You can preach to them because you can tell they enjoy it. You can just tell by the way they look at you. That crowd that don't like that, boy, they'll <clears throat> they can't find a comfortable spot. <laughs> Some of them even get their phone out. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed. You sit there and look at a cell phone while the man of God preaching between the dead and the living trying to keep souls out of hell. If you can sit there on your cell phone, you need to get saved. Amen. Amen. That's all right. If you want to fire me, fire me. That's okay. You say, preacher, you don't mean that. Yes, I do. You do what you got to do because I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to preach God's word. And if there's ten here or a thousand, they're going to show up to hear the same preacher. Preach the word of God. Paul said, Timothy, perilous time's going to come. And then he said, Timothy, preach the word. You know, that's, that's just what I was called to do, wasn't it? Preach the word. Man, they so much in this book. I'm going to let you go this morning, but man, wouldn't this be an incredible time at 15 after 12? Wouldn't this be an incredible, unless you took the batteries out of it again. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't this be an incredible time for somebody to come and meet this one that can fill your life with his presence? Man. Oh, Moses come off that mountain and they put a veil over him. Why would they hide his face, preacher? What, what in the world happened? He saw God. Amen. When's the last time you saw a crowd walk out of church and it looked like they seen God? Huh? We ought to see God every time we get here. But if you're here today and you've never had the presence of God in your heart, could this old time, I know I'm just 52 years old, James and Kelly. I'm not very old. 
But I'm going to tell you something. I came up under some old-time preachers. Back there at the foothills of Smoky Run, just up the creek, a little church called Poplar Bluff. Kenneth Watson preached there when I was a baby. A great man of God. Ronnie Watson was my pastor for several years. Ronnie came here one time and preached for me. Ronnie's got a lot of health problems now. But many times in my meditation, I can see him standing up there when I was just a little boy. And I could see him take a handful of that breeches leg. But folks, I'm telling you something. This thing wasn't no game. No. It wasn't no game. And you could tell... They spend a few minutes up there talking behind that pulpit, but boys, they something come over them. They something come over them. And they grab a handful of that pants leg. And I've seen him slap that hand until I, I thought his hand would catch on fire. I mean, he'd preach and he'd pull that hand off that ear. Boys, let me tell you something. I know, I know that's not what people want today, but I thank God for that. I don't want to get away from that. I don't. If I got to preach, if I got to preach down here in a cave somewhere, I don't want to get away from that kind of preaching. I don't want to, folks. I don't want to. And I can remember, I can remember Ralph Patton. Oh, Ralph Patton, and of course his dad James, and some of you know these men. Preach a book. Preach a Bible. They didn't play around. Carl Croft, my pastor for a long time, he brought me together with the best thing that ever happened to me outside of Jesus, and that was my wife. But I can see Rev, that's what I always called him, was Rev. And I can see him walking the floor of that church, preaching. Preaching Jesus is coming and preaching the love of God and preaching in power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I know that there are those of you sitting here right now, you've seen it. You've seen it in this sanctuary. Some of you's got daddies, some of you's got uncles, some of you've got husbands that have stood right here in this sanctuary. They didn't get up here and tiptoe around. They preached the Bible. They preached the Bible. I say, if anything, when we leave here this morning, sometime today, at least you'll leave and one good way to know if you're right with God or not, first thing out of your mouth would be, he's a long-winded preacher. That's how you know if you're right with God or not. If the first thing out of your mouth was, my, didn't God show up? Then you might be on the right track. Somebody may never come back. I see people come in here and we have visitors and I stand up and preach and they never come back. And I wonder to myself, Lord, is it me? And then the Holy Spirit says, Ronnie, why are you so worried about it? You got church members that don't come back either. <laughs> they show up one time, you don't see them no more, you know. Some of you didn't like it. Qualifications. Disqualified or qualified? Are you a citizen of the house of God? Does the Holy Spirit recognize you? <laughs> Paul we know. Remember that? But we don't know you. That's what the demon spirit said. We know 
Paul. But we don't know who you are. Let me tell you something. If you're not born again, you're not a citizen of the house of God. So how can we fix that this morning? Well, we can first of all come and get a song of invitation. So as they come and some of you can breathe a sigh of relief, we'll get a song of invitation. And you can stand with me if you would to your feet. And we'll pray as a church. Together we'll seek God on the behalf of someone. I said that I was a preacher standing between the living and the dead. You're a church standing between the living and the dead right now. What will you do about it? What will you do about it? Is there somebody here lost today? Are they somebody that has walked into the presence of the veil and it has absolutely been alarming to them? They have never seen anything like this. Well, you know what? That's exactly what they said about Jesus. Yeah. We've never seen it like this before. We've never seen it on this kind of fashion. Then somebody said, what kind of man that even the winds and the waves obey his voice. I'm going to tell you, this man can come into your heart. This man named Jesus can change your life today. He can make you a citizen of heaven. If you'll only ask him to come in. Maybe for years you thought you were saved. Maybe for a long time you've sat in churches and you've kind of done the same thing. But maybe this morning for the first time the Holy Ghost has arrested your heart. And you know without a shadow of a doubt that this has been your moment. And now it's your turn. It's time to do something. It's time to quit playing with God. It's time to get serious. Amen. Would that be you today? 